hello everyone welcome to sunday thoughts so today i wanted to discuss the restoration of the gospel in the last dispensation so first and foremost i want to tell you about the first time that i knew that the gospel was true um so this was back when i was in high school um i believe i was a end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, and I always knew that Heavenly Father was real, and I knew that Jesus Christ was our Savior and our older brother. Those are things that I never questioned, but as I was reaching 15, 16 years old, I started to question um, the truthfulness of Joseph Smith and whether or not he was a prophet, and you know, everything kind of regarding the last days and how um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints came to be. And so when I first worked through it at that age, and when I first knew for sure that it was true, um, my thought process looked a little bit like this. So at the time, um, President Thomas F. Monson was the prophet of the church, And I just knew from when he spoke that he was a prophet of God. And I I believe it was Elder Holland that told a story about how, you know, behind the scenes when no one was watching and they were in an impoverished country, President Monson literally gave his shoes and his coat to those that were in need and was riding on the plane in his slippers. And I knew for sure that he was a prophet. Everything behind closed doors, when he spoke, I knew that he was a prophet of God. And in order for President Monson to be a prophet of God, it all had to be true. Because he couldn't be a prophet of God without Joseph Smith being a prophet of God and establishing this church. I knew it was the true church now, and so it must have been the true church then. Right? So there's no partial truths when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Either it's not true or it is true. And so working through that progression of the church and prophets, I knew that Joseph Smith was a prophet. Once I figured that out, I didn't really think much of it again. I had come to terms with it. I prayed about it. I received my answer and it didn't really come to my mind again. And then about... Eight months ago, um, my friend was dating someone who was not a member of the church and he was potentially looking into joining the church. And he already had an established faith as a Christian in God and in Jesus Christ, but he really didn't believe in Joseph Smith being a prophet. And so I revisited my testimony. I already knew that this was true, but I really was thinking it through. And I was like, okay, it's been, you know, many, many years since I had the revelation that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. So I revisited that and said, okay, how do I know now? In addition to what I knew then, the progression of the prophets and the progression of the church to current day, how do I know that he is a prophet of God? And my answer to that was in the first vision. Because in the first vision, 
He doesn't just say that God the Father and the Son appeared to him in the grove. He prefaces it by saying that he was attacked by a darkness like he'd never seen. So the actual quote from the first vision is, When Joseph knelt to offer up the desires of his heart, a dark power overcame him. It bound his tongue as thick darkness gathered around him. Close quote. The adversary knew what was going to happen, and he did everything in his power to make Joseph miserable, to make him fearful and manic and scared, and just do everything he could to prevent this from happening. And I know from my own experience, um, especially when I got my endowment, I mean, I've said this before, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and I felt fearful and scared and manic. And there is no way that Joseph could have made that up if it didn't happen to him. That's a detail of the first vision that was completely unnecessary. If he was lying about seeing God, he wouldn't have added that detail in the beginning that the adversary attacked him before he saw God. And I know from personal experience, when I've been preparing to make a sacred covenant or preparing to, you know, give a particularly special lesson or preparing to do something good and something that would interfere with the adversary's plan, he will attack you. He will try everything he can to prevent that from happening by making you discouraged and fearful and manic. So that was the second method of thinking that I had come to the same conclusion that I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet and that he was not lying about the first vision and that God spoke to him. And in turn, he translated the Book of Mormon. He created this church by the direction of Jesus Christ. No wicked man could write a book like the Book of Mormon and no good man would do so if it weren't God's will and if Heavenly Father didn't tell him to do so and help him to do so. Elder Holland gave a talk in general conference a couple years ago called Safety for the Soul, um, in which he spent majority of the time bearing his testimony um, about Joseph Smith as a prophet and of the Restoration and of the Book of Mormon. So I'd like to read a passage from that. Um, so he's speaking about Joseph Smith and Hiram Smith at this point, and he says, Would these men blaspheme before God by continuing to fix their lives, their honor, and their own search for eternal salvation on a book, and by implication a church and a ministry that they had fictitiously created out of whole cloth? Never mind that their wives are about to be widows and their children fatherless. Never mind that their little band of followers will yet be houseless, friendless, and homeless, and that their children will leave footprints of blood across frozen rivers and an untamed prairie floor. Never mind that legions will die and other legions live, declaring in the four quarters of this earth that they know that the Book of Mormon and the church which espouses it to be true. Disregard all that and tell me whether in this hour of death these two men would enter the presence of their eternal judge, quoting from and finding solace in a book which, if not the very word of God would brand them as impostors and charlatans until the end of time. They would not do that. Close quote. 
I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God called to bring in the last dispensation, and I am so thankful that his martyred blood was not in vain. From Joseph Smith to President Russell M. Nelson, the Lord has been at the head of this church. And I also know that these are the last days, and Heavenly Father kept the faithful for the pioneers in the early days of the Restoration, and he saved his fighters for here and now. The Lord needs us, and he needs us to be his mouthpiece. He needs us to preach his word and bring comfort and love to his people. He needs us to be his disciples and do his work. I think Sherry Dew says it best when she says, quote, You are recommended to help run the last leg of the relay that began with Adam and Eve because your premortal spiritual valor indicated you would have the courage and the determination to face the world at its worst, to do combat with the evil one during his heyday, and in spite of it all, to be fearless in building the kingdom of God. The simple fact is that our father did not recommend Eve or Moses or Nephi or countless other magnificent exemplars for this dispensation. He recommended you and me. Do you think God would have left the last days to chance by sending men and women that he couldn't count on? Close quote. Thanks again for tuning in and we will see you next time.